0: Welcome back! We got a show for you today. It's an audio and a video. So this will be a uh, tutorial on the Tascam Model 24. And uh, we'll go into like, you know, detail about like what kind of things you can do with it, what exactly it's capable of doing. And uh, just, you know, overall, go over all the different things that make it click. And I just want to remind everybody that uh, this is uh, pretty much a show that's based off of my opinion. It's an opinion-based show. Uh, So everything that I'm doing, just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, A lot of it's my opinion. This is just the way that I do it. So uh, if you do it a different way, or you get something out of it, and you happen to find it interesting, or at least entertaining, then uh, that's good. So yeah, so uh, like I said, the uh, Model 24 from Tascam, it's by far... Far one of the uh, my favorites of all my gear that I have. Uh, to be completely honest, this thing has taken a lot of my work to different levels, uh, great and beyond. You know, I can't stress it enough. I really, I really do enjoy this mixer, and uh, the Tascam Model Twenty Four is uh, it's it's quite a big mixer. So to be completely completely uh honest about it uh this is one of the larger mixers that you might want to invest in if you have maybe like a lot of different types of instruments you want to plug in but uh yeah uh overall it's in size is relatively large compared to most mixers so uh to keep that in mind or keep it in perspective that uh not everybody this will be the best solution for depending on what kind of studio you have or you know how much room you have on your desk or where you want to mount it or whatever uh it can it can be a a big one so (laughs) so just keep that in mind yeah so the the thing that i do enjoy about it though even though it's maybe overkill for some people, uh, is that it has so many features and so many things that you just continue to keep discovering. And even though if you think that you may or may not understand something about it, uh, give it time, you know. Uh the more and more that I look into it and the more and more that I, you know, start using physically all these different things on the on the board, uh I, I do learn more and more all the time. And there are like little ways to bypass and do little tricks and stuff that will help you further on down the road uh when it comes to getting like creative uh when it comes to mixing things properly or whether you're just like trying to do maybe like a live stream or something and uh you can't quite figure out what's you know how to get it to work the proper way uh but this thing is capable of doing pretty much anything so whether it be through the USB or whether you do it pretty much just all live on the board itself, Uh, this thing is capable of doing a lot of different things. And so basically what I want to do with these tutorials is just go through, well, we'll start with the basics, I guess, and we'll just go through and just kind of explain what the board has and what kind of different things you can do with it. So uh, we'll basically talk about like each individual track. We'll go through and discuss what all these little knobs are for. Uh, we'll talk about ways of connecting things. Uh, we'll talk about like the do's and don'ts of actually having this board. So these are all different things that we'll talk about and we'll explore. So uh, if you're into this board, um, I would definitely say that it's uh, something that I do recommend. Uh, if you're into having, you know, multiple of like... Uh, mixing channels or just a, you know, the variety of things that are on here. It just has pretty much everything that you need. And not to mention for the price, it's also, it's relatively priced uh, in a good area compared to most mixers that are in its league. And it's not, it doesn't lack quality either. So the one thing I do enjoy about the Tascam is that it's got a lot of good quality features and so the board itself is is in my opinion very very good quality in quality i guess so uh without further ado i guess we'll just go with it and we'll talk about this uh this will be kind of one of my i did a uh task cam kind of like a tutorial on how to do live streaming and set up live streaming through like FL Studios and stuff. So this will just be a continuation. We'll just go through and we'll, uh, I guess we'll start from here. Uh, So you have uh, 24 channels and physically... There are 22 on this board. So if you start from the beginning here, 1, and you end up over here, 22, uh, 23 and 24 are actually built into the mixer. So those uh, are going to be like your stereo main, uh, what do you call, main two tracks that, you you know, this is like dumped down to a stereo track. So that's why they call it a 24-channel mixer and uh not to mention there's also stereo channels too so that's also a nice handy feature to have if you're how do you say into recording things in stereo Uh, you have let's see here four stereo channels you also have a bluetooth which is also stereo you have also rca you also have a, a eighth inch jack stereo for like things like ipads or your phone that actually still have the actual little connectivity plug or whatever you call it uh input on the phone or anything that has that input you can actually plug in there and um if you notice, uh, the, each one of these channels has obviously got a mic input. So every, every single channel is, is equipped with a mic input. So you can actually plug in quite a few microphones on this thing. So if you're doing like a show that requires a lot of microphones, you have a lot of those ports. You also then have a quarter-inch TS or TRS. <laughs> I always get the, the terminology a little backwards. So TRS. And TRS, I'll show you what a TRS cable looks like here. A TRS cable is like a quarter inch, basically like a jack or an input. And these, uh, they come in multitudes of different types. There's ones that are in stereo and ones that are in mono. This one right here is a mono. And the way that they explain this is TRS stands for the tip, the ring, and the sleeve. So. And I'm totally off the camera. Okay, the tip, the ring, and the sleeve right there. So uh, that's the basics of it. And these are obviously, you know, your instruments or your synthesizers or whatever that's self-powered that's a balanced line. So, uh, And those would obviously input directly into your mixer just like that. So uh, if you're using, like, let's say a Sub 37, which this one right here is, that would be a mono input that would go into one of your line inputs here. And it would look like this. Okay, now, uh, not to be confused, they actually do say this in the book uh, not to do this, which would be plugging two inputs, a quarter inch and a mic, in it at once. It doesn't work that way. So it's not like you can just double up these and make, you know, instead of a 24 track mixer, a 48 or something like that you, you can't put two inputs in one okay unless you're using like the stereo channel over here like I mentioned and if you're using stereo the stereo mixes down automatically here and then it, you know obviously travels down to the end right here uh, it's it's going to be only a mixer in stereo you can obviously pan it left and right but it'll still be in stereo Uh, and obviously anything that's a microphone is going to be a mono input as well. Okay. And if you notice here on the very top, the very first two channels have a thing called an insert. There's an insert one and two, which is pretty much the only, only two channels on here that has this. Now, um, I haven't done a ton of research on inserts, but I do have enough to know exactly what they are used for. And we will go into detail about this. I actually have a cable right here that I'll talk to you about it. And I'll give you like a little example. But the very first two inputs also have what they call an instrument plug in. So not only is it a line, but it's also good for instruments, such as like an electric guitar or a bass guitar or anything that isn't really self-powered itself. Uh, and this requires the use of an instrument button, which is right here. And that button has to be engaged in order to use it. Otherwise you won't be able to hear the instrument properly. It kind of gives it like a little bit of a boost. So the very first two channels here, normally, I mean, this this particular mixer only has a couple of them. Uh, there are mixers out there that have multiple of like, you know, these inputs here and also insert cables. But I, I think it's maybe something that they're phasing, you know, potentially i don't know i don't know enough about the history about these mixers to really know why they don't come with you know a lot of them anymore uh but maybe just because people don't use them quite as often and they want to put more features into some of the other things that they're doing here but uh that's just a a little friendly note here that if you do want to plug in a guitar you definitely could uh and that that might work out for some people but as for me i typically don't work with With guitars too much. If anything, I would always record something through a microphone or something like that. But, uh, besides that, all these are just mono inputs right here. So you have mono inputs all the way from one to, let me see here, one and 12. So one and 12, those are all mono inputs. So every one of these, whether it's a microphone or an instrument or a line in is all going to be in mono. Okay. And so these are all individually what they call tracks, so every one of these has its own individual track, and we'll go down and we'll talk about what each one of these uh represent. Okay, so line or I guess I could say track one here. Nothing's plugged in plugged in right now, but uh the reason why I don't plug in one and two is because when you're when you're mapping your audio, especially when you're plugged into your computer, uh you do need these first two channels uh to basically render audio back to your mixer, uh, from your computer. Now this is strictly only within the USB mode. Now when you're plugged in USB mode and you're using this as an audio interface, this is going to be your left and your right channels. So I left, I, I actually labeled these left and right channels. So it's basically like your main, your main, uh, Not necessarily out, but your main monitor. So anything that's happening in your computer is going to be monitored on on 1 and 2. And I also hard left and hard right pan both of these just so that way they are on true stereo. Now, the one thing is that if you notice, they do have the balance knobs here. Uh, Now, if you're working with a mono input, unless you have it specifically panned to a left or a right, it's it's still going to be somewhere, you know, obviously, maybe pan a little bit to the right or pan a little bit to the left, but it won't be a true left or right signal. So... If you wanted to have, let's say like, for instance, these two are Mother 32s. If I wanted a Mother 32 on the left and one on the right to create like a stereo effect, a true stereo effect, you would have to pan one left and one right. This would be specifically only on the left and one that's specifically only on the right. If it's right here, you'll hear it still in both headphones, but just a majority to the left. So that was just something they explained in the actual manual that unless you want true stereo they have to be panned 100% all the way which direction you want and like I said that's like if you want to create stereo channels with these mono inputs here now if you already have a stereo input or a stereo like instrument then you can use these and these are especially handy because you don't have to really deal with any of that but you do lose a feature of having a compressor on it uh so there are no there's no compression on it and you know depending on whether or not you're going to use it as an audio interface, it's not necessary that you really need it because you can then go into your DAW and you can also put, you know, as many effects or compressors and things like that on it as much as you want, obviously, depending on how powerful your computer is. But uh one thing I forgot to mention too is that it they do recommend uh with this mixer uh that you unplug it when you don't use it for long periods of time because the switch in the back isn't necessarily going to turn the voltage completely off. It basically puts it in like a standby mode so whenever you turn your mixer off from the back uh, it puts it like in a standby. And this doesn't mean that it's actually still like powering everything. It just means that it's using a slight voltage to stay in like a standby mode. And so uh, whether that affects the longevity of the of the actual board or whether it has anything to do with it, I, I highly doubt that it's going to really make it like the lifespan of it shorter. But uh, Good practice is always uh, key, especially when using gear like this. If you want it to last in the long run and you want to keep it for years and years to come and keep it in good condition, uh, I, I would always recommend to get a power protector or power surge protector. And every time you turn it off, you can always just go down to the to your surge and just flip the switch. And that way you know 100% there's no voltage going to it. And they recommend this especially if you, for instance, like let's say you don't go to your studio too often and you just frequently visit once in a while. Uh, then you can actually power down the whole unit 100% and then you don't have to worry about it with a surge. You just flip that switch because they actually recommend unplugging the, uh, the unit every time and to do that would also cause wear and tear on the plug. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't re- recommend unplugging it, but just get a nice surge protector and then just every time you're done with it just turn it off at the bottom you know once it's in standby don't power it off and on with just the surge protector but obviously you want to have good practices with that and not to mention uh, when powering on and off the unit you want to make sure that your volumes or for instance if I show you here I have a lot of my tracks muted already so anytime I turn on and off the uh, this mixer Uh, I'm not sending any kind of volume or voltage into the mixer when I turn the switch on because if you have speakers if you have like for instance like a PA system or you know monitors or whatever every time you turn it on it could send a slight voltage into your uh, audio equipment and that could potentially maybe like you know maybe down the road maybe cause some issues or something they also say it's a good practice so that way you don't end up having like some sort of feedback it hurts your ears or something like that uh that would also be kind of uh <laughs> detrimental if you're wearing a pair of headphones and somehow there's a feedback loop happening and you, and you get that sound in your ears and the volume's really loud or something like that and it could damage your, your headphones or even your own ears for that matter so that's always just good practice to know okay so uh yeah Coming back to this, okay, so again, we already mentioned that there's 22 tracks here, physical tracks that you can actually manipulate. They all include a gain knob. Now, when it comes to looking at the mixer here, these are not your volume controls. This is not your volume. This is just fading in and out whatever's coming through your mixer. So. In good practice, and we'll use this term, I guess, uh, it's always uh, proper to gain your instruments or gain your microphones properly. Now, in most cases, you might not even have to gain any of this stuff over here uh, since you have volume control on your mother 32s or your, you know, whatever you got, depending on what kind of synthesizer, what kind of instrument you have. They typically have their own power, their own amplifier. Uh, You can control that kind of in its own general, you know, way. Uh, But when it comes to microphones, microphones don't really have that. And not only that, they have to have power from the board as well in order to operate, especially if they're dynamic Uh, or even like a condenser microphone requires phantom power for that instance, So uh, you also want to make sure that instead of, like, leaving this all the way, you know, at negative 10, if that's, let me see here, or I'm sorry, yeah, actually, it's negative 10. Instead of leaving it all the way down and cranking this sucker up down here and cranking this up and wondering why you can't hear anything, uh, it's because you haven't properly turned the volume up on your instrument and this is this is basically your volume knob they call it a gain and you can see right here on my um uh, on my microphone my re320 i'm talking into you can see this light lighting up right there and that light indicates that there's signal coming through a proper signal in fact so every time that light comes on it's almost like telling you that there's signal coming through and of course you have uh a low cut right here too. So if you want to cut even more frequency off, it sounds a little more different now. And basically when you're using this mixer as an audio interface, the only portion of this mixer that you really need to keep in key or keep keep in mind here is this general area up to the white, up to this little white label here. Okay, because the rest of this doesn't compute with the rest of your workflow when you're using it as a uh, audio interface. This is strictly only for like live use. Okay. Obviously I have this muted right now. So none of this is, is coming into effect on uh, my, you know, in FL studios, not to mention they're also in what they call PC mode and there's three different modes. So that would be the next thing we're going to talk about. So PC mode, Is strictly uh basically you're only gonna monitor it when it's in like a DAW or whether you're just listening to like let's say a song in Windows MIDI player, uh, that would be the PC mode. If you're listening into live, all right, the live mode is going to you can obviously still hear me. It's not necessarily it's not necessary that you have to have it in PC mode. It's just when you have it in live mode you can also monitor it in a live environment. So basically, to put it in perspective, it basically mutes, when you go into PC mode, it mutes all live monitoring as if you were to use this, you know, without a computer. Uh, But with live, and you are connected to to like a computer or something, as soon as I unmute this, now everything is going to come through I'll actually hear myself like in a doubled manner in a sense. Uh, So we always want to make sure that when we're in like computer mode or PC mode uh, that we're monitoring ourselves through like FL studios in like FL studios or something with our, with our mixer here. So this is like my FL studios mixing setup that I have in here. Uh, I actually have inputs for everything in my workflow, such as my physical instruments and whenever I add virtual instruments too. So, But uh, yeah, so this is basically saying that we're in the PC environment. So nothing that we're actually sending information here isn't coming down here yet. Okay, when it's flipped, now we're coming down here. Even though it's still muted, we're still, basically it opens up like, A floodgate that then lets information come down all the way down here and so like I mentioned I can even have these muted I can move these up and down it doesn't affect anything in my DAW so that's completely you know it doesn't matter up until this point as long as you're in PC mode this is just straight up like as a audio interface with 22 inputs okay and when you're in live mode you also have a built-in compression or a compressor. Uh this could be handy for obviously uh what do you call it? microphones, uh maybe if you wanted to add compression to drums or something like that. Anything typically that's like recorded with like, you know, microphone uh compression sometimes can help. And obviously you have your EQ. So you have, you know, your highs, your mids, your and your lows. And these are all done on like, you know, uh, what do you call measurements of Hertz? So if you take a look here, uh, this one here, it goes from minus 15 to plus 15. All right. And that's on the high end. These two are mids. I think this top one here is more of like a, uh, like a, uh, it's a higher mid frequency and this is like the lower mid frequencies which is kind of interesting you know that you have the two of these normally on most mixers it's just you know the high mid and low uh you necessarily don't have two of these as far as i know so this mixer actually includes that and then from here so this is basically all your compression all your eq uh from here you have three extra and i I would almost consider them uh outputs, okay, because you can use these for a multitude of things, and a little trick that i that I actually use it for is that the back in the day you would have a y cable specifically like this one, okay, and most like, musicians, the way they would use this is if you had, like, let's say, an effect, like like this distortion pedal here. Okay. how do you, How do you get this into your recording? Okay. How exactly do you get... Let's say, for instance, you just want it on, like, the first instrument here. Okay. Like, on track one right here. The way they used to do it is if you... If you take a look there is an insert cable here or an insert it's 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 for uh effects and compression and all kinds of different you know things that you might want to modify the sound uh that you're getting from you know the instrument or whatever so basically the way this is routed is you would have a cable like this you'd have a stereo end and basically a stereo line TRS cable, all right? And you can tell this is stereo because the tip right here is a little bit different than this one. This is a mono, this is a stereo. And you would have a cable just like this, a cable that would be similar to this with a Y connection in the middle. And the insert would go, the stereo insert would go in here all right, and then let's say your, your actual instrument would go right here. So sound from the instrument would go into here, basically get routed back out of here when this is plugged in. It would basically route right back out of here into these guys, and these guys would act as like a split in the connection. So if you're looking at like this distortion pedal, all right now determining whether determining whether or not which one is input and output uh, you would have to you know i forget exactly which one is 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 the input and output but you'll figure it out as soon as you start plugging things in i'm sure you'll find out but you would take the input and then you would run the output i mean the output right here and then this would be like your effects okay so you would take the sound coming out of your instrument it would go in go into the insert which would come out of this cable here split okay it would come through the input back out the output output go back into the insert and then it would follow the chain down down you know the mixer or whatever here so that's basically how how that works and they did this with like compression They did this with like, you know, obviously you could use a pedal if you wanted to, Uh, any kind of effects or whatever. But all right, this is where it kind of gets creative. So let's say, let's say you just want to not deal with all that. Okay. You have these auxiliary in, or actually it's a a monitor 1 a monitor 2 and an fx channel which by the way this uh mixer actually includes its own uh, effect like panel here and this effect panel it's actually listed right here a digital effect processor uh when it's enabled you can actually choose from 16 different uh types of like it's, it's like reverb and uh like a studio sound, a live sound, delays, ping-pong chorus effect. Uh, You can add those simply by just turning up an FX channel. And as long as you're sending it to, you have to make sure you're sending FX to the FX channel. So this would be like your main knob, how much FX that you want to send, and then which channel you're going to send it to. So you would find out, okay, this is my microphone. I wanted to send this FX to this channel and this gets sent to a master channel. Uh, that's just like an FX master channel. Uh, that would just be sent to its like own dedicated stereo FX channel. Okay. Now that's handy. It's very handy, especially if you wanted to send effects to the monitor one and two, but, uh, if you're not familiar with monitors, you know normally when you see the guys up on stage and they're playing like a you know like a band or something like that, they have these uh, big speakers laying on the ground in front of them so they can monitor what they're actually playing. Otherwise, if everything's just going out to the audience, you know you wouldn't hear yourself play or whatever. Now this is a multiple too. To like different ways you could do it, you could be wearing just like you know earbuds or something that has like a monitor signal sent out. Uh, now typically. If you think about this, there's a a monitor one and a monitor two. So technically, you have like two channels. You can actually kind of make that into a stereo. Okay. So, what I do, what I know, well, what I use it for is that I have the monitor channels, which are up here. There's a monitor one and two. If you can't see that. This is the monitor two and this is monitor one that goes out of my board. So this is a, this is an output, okay? And whichever one of these I turn up on any channel, this gets sent out, okay? So for instance, if I'm sending out information from my microphone, okay? This monitor two and monitor one this gets, this gets sent out to anything that I want it to. And the one I have it sent out to right now is, is my Big Sky Reverb. So this effects pedal over there. This Big Sky Reverb has monitor one and two into this unit. And then I take the outs of the Big Sky, okay, and I routed them to its own dedicated stereo channel. Which is right here, so this is my big sky reverb, and this is like one of the one of the things that I it, it kind of blew my mind when I first kind of figured it out, and I was like, yeah, that's right. You could just take you could take outputs from the mixer, mix them out to any kind of stereo, you know, reverb, uh, doesn't matter, any kind of effect, and then mix it back down to a stereo channel in your mixer, and then so any instrument that's on here. OK, any instrument from, you know, all these guys, I can then add reverb. So if I wanted to add reverb to this one, reverb, reverb to that one, uh, that's all within reach. Now, this could be used for multitude of things. It doesn't have to just be used for, you know, reverb or effects or whatever. But but this is like the easiest way that I found out how to do it. And that's what I use these particular channels for. So, these are very handy. These are actually very, very handy. Uh, Right here. These are incredibly handy to have. So, just think of them as three extra channels. There's even one for the FX. And that's like, that's up here. There's an FX. I don't know if you can really see that, but there's an FX output here, too. Uh, right next to the monitor one and monitor two. And this would be the FX one right here. It's the third one. So monitor one, monitor two, and FX. Yeah, so like I said, just just think of those as like three extra outputs that you can send to anything. Now, uh, the way you use this FX knob, if you don't want to use the input here, you have to make sure that you disable uh, the you know the effect the digital effect processor that's on this and then it basically adds you know you could use it just just use it as like another output so that's that's kind of a handy little thing to actually you know figure out and use for your advantage so i always thought that there's got to be a way to do this and i found out that it's right here that's basically the easiest way to do it In simple terms, okay? In simple terms of just doing it live, okay? Now, all this, like I said, makes no difference if you're just using these as an audio interface, though. So, if I'm just like I normally use FL Studios, I'm only using this portion of the mixer for the most part of it. Now, if I happen to just, you know, feel lucky and I wanted to just live everything and, you know, do a show on this SD card or something, then that's definitely an option. Now, everything could be then controlled through this Tascam monitor here. It's like a little display port. It shows your inputs and outputs. It even has, like, you can actually see and monitor your input, your output, uh, PC return, all that stuff. And that actually goes into some even deeper stuff because you can actually then return tracks back from your, your DAW back to these. Okay. And as long as you go into your mixer settings and send an output back out to this. Now you won't, you probably won't actually hear it in your DAW. You'll probably hear it here. Uh so That's just some additional stuff. It probably goes even deeper than what we're going to do, but yeah. So these, these are pretty universal. Everything on here is fairly universal and that's, that's very nice. It's very handy. So, and continuing down on, obviously you have your pan left and right. Now as for pan left and right, uh, again, since I'm using this as an audio interface, it doesn't affect anything on here. Uh, uh, this would be handy if you wanted to, like, for instance, have like one instrument going this way. So I actually have uh, my Korg. If I'm in Live mode, it's more centered to the right. Uh, if I wanted to, I can, you know, pan a 32 that way or a 32 this way, and it just kind of gives it a stereo effect. And that's all, you know, creativity and what you want to do with it. So that's your pan knob, obviously. And each channel's got their own pan knob. Now, if it's a stereo channel, it's obviously going to favor more the left or the right, uh, you know, in in stereo, I guess. I'm even wondering if that's, you know, even really worth messing with if you already have stereo. Uh, But yeah, it's still there. And the one thing about the stereo inputs, uh, the stereo inputs... uh, don't have a compressor first off and they don't have the double mid-range adjustments so again this would be more like your traditional high mid and low so they lack the second mid tuning and they just have a high mid and low no compression and then for bluetooth (laughs) it's even more dumbed down so this is ultimately handy if like for instance you have your phone and it has Bluetooth support and you just wanted to play like a song off your phone and then it just was gonna mix in with like whatever you're doing. Um, Maybe you're practicing or something like that and then you just wanna have a backtrack for something you're practicing and then your instruments obviously will, you'll monitor those and then you'll monitor what's your backtrack or whatever you might call it. And ultimately this is paired in With the same channel as like the eighth inch jack, which would be, it would be roughly like your traditional like headphone jack. That would, right above Bluetooth, they have a stereo input for that. So you get one of those as well on the Bluetooth channel. Now, if you don't wanna use Bluetooth and you don't care about it, there's a mute switch here that allows bluetooth not to get you know to come through and keep in mind too if you have your phone connected to your mixer and this is just something that i've you know it's personal uh, experience with uh, if your bluetooth is connected and you get a phone call uh, you'll hear uh, even if your phone's on silent you'll hear a like a code like a like a thing going through and so if you're if you're doing something and that that bothers you make sure you mute your bluetooth because it'll come through e, even i think even if this down here is muted even if your main track is muted because if you're like again like i said if you're in your daw and this is coming through and this is one of your inputs you'll you'll receive that and it, it could potentially like I don't know, throw you off or something. So, and then above that, even higher above that, there's like an RCA left and right. It's like the yellow and red input, like something like on a, like, you know, an old stereo might have something from like a home theater or something like that. So those are basically, in a rough way, all your inputs. And like I said, 1 through 12 are all mono 12 through 22 are stereo, and then basically everything has like a PC return stereo 23 and 24, which is like a digital one. They don't really tell you that, uh, obviously, looking at the board. So to keep in mind, 23, 23 and 24 are like digital inputs coming from your computer. But then again, you have to monitor them on track one and two. It's just by default, one and two are your left and your right like monitor things. It gets sent back to one and two. So besides that, there's a mute button. Obviously, we've, we've been playing with that throughout this video. So you can mute the track. And like I said, this these are the faders. It's not your volume control. Again, volume is the gain knob up here. That's your volume. It even shows up here where it's at zero. And this microphone is set at zero because I have, I actually have a, uh amplifier on this microphone. So most dynamic microphones will require you to gain them quite more. Uh, I don't necessarily have to do that because this microphone has a a, uh, what is it called? It's that blue something box or something. I could find out. Cloud lifter, it's it's a cloud lifter. And that actually adds voltage because what we didn't talk about earlier was the phantom power. There's a phantom power right next to the EQ. There's a little EQ thing here, which I, I don't use. But Phantom power is located just to the right of that. And uh, with Phantom power, you want to be a little uh careful with it. Uh, Phantom power with most dynamic microphones will not will not really affect your microphone, but if your microphone doesn't support certain voltages whether it's like you know a microphone that maybe is a little on the cheaper side uh it could potentially damage your microphone now see i'm using a cloud lifter the cloud lifter actually has a processing like a power process i don't know what do you call fuse of some sort that actually takes the extra plus 48 volts and then converts that you know down to this so uh but yeah uh you'd don't want to use phantom power on dynamic microphones for the most part of it. Uh, now phantom power is also good for powering condense, you know, condenser microphones, which is necessary. You have to have phantom power. You have to have an extra 48 volts to power the circuitry that's in a condenser microphone. So this microphone, which I don't have on right now, is actually a condenser. It's an NT1, a Rode NT1, and you'll need that extra power. So this board comes with phantom power and phantom power is only i believe on the first 12 mono channels so powers one through 12 i believe unless it's like one through yeah it's got to be so in the one thing that i kind of wish that uh tascam did was have like an individual button for which microphones you want to add phantom power. That would probably just kind of like simplify things because if you accidentally plugged in something, you know, and you forgot, you know, it's like a, maybe a dynamic like SM57 or something like that and uh, whether or not it can handle the extra volts, who knows, and then you could potentially damage a microphone. Who knows, but I never had a problem doing that. It's just a theoretical thing maybe, but there's probably people that have had damaged or a ribbon ribbon microphone, uh, from what I hear, cannot handle 48 volts. It'll damage. It'll actually break the ribbon or something. So just make sure you check before you start plugging things in. And make sure that you have your plugs firmly plugged into your mixer before you turn on the mixer. It's just good practice. And you don't want to unplug and plug them while the unit is on as well, because that can, it could potentially cause like a voltage spike and that could then translate to your outputs. And, you know, again, it's, it's just good practice not to do it. Uh, you never know. So, uh, yeah. And so we were talking about the faders here, uh, the mute button. There's even a little recording button here. If you can see it blinking, I can turn a couple of them on these are for using the built-in SD card uh, that you can actually multi-track with. So you can actually multi-track all these mixers in live mode and choose which tracks you want to record. And then you hit record here. And then basically as if like in real time, those tracks then get recorded all together, you know, individually, and then also on one stereo track as well. So that way you have a actual master and you have individual uh tracks. So and then um right below the fader there's actually three very very important buttons and this is probably well, I said this is like, you know, the most important thing for audio interface, but you also use these down here as well. Okay, for a multitude of things. Okay, if you want to send your audio out to the main, which the main would obviously be you know, your main slider here. And then uh, it would also be your control room and your headphones. Okay, so anything you're you're listening to with a pair of headphones right here. I have my headphones hooked in right here. And pretty much most of the time, most all the time, I'm using headphones. So anything that I'm actually monitoring or, or listening back to, uh, I do it mostly with headphones, so I don't really have to worry about the main so much. I can actually turn it all the way down. I can mute it even if I actually, if I mute it, you probably couldn't hear me just now. So uh, let's just test this. Test, 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 test. Yeah, if that if if my volume went out when I did that, that's because, and I did that for a reason. I'm sending also a sub channel. Uh, Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Uh, There's a main and just below that there's a sub channel. Now the sub channel has its own output up here. Okay. And you can sub out any, any of these tracks. So there's a sub underneath all these tracks here. Now if you wanted to sub out your stereo mix, which is coming from the PC, which I am right now. I'm actually subbing out my stereo mix. Back into OBS okay and I have from FL studios uh, the audio is going to FL studios it's getting then sub back out into OBS now this is also very very handy uh, if you can't see that well you probably can't read it either but just take my word for it there's a, a sub channel in between the main and the PFL Uh This allows you to sub any of these channels down to your own, very own mix. And this is important, especially if you wanted to do, like, a live show with somebody because, let's say you're monitoring somebody, you know, you obviously don't want to send your monitor back out to your friend who then gets a double of, like, his voice or a constant delay or echo effect or, like, a feedback. So, you can choose which channels you want to send back out. Now if if you're in a live environment, it's even easier. So for instance, I just want to send my microphone out to, you know, my pal or whatever, I would just sub out my microphone. And everything else here is it's just on its own. So for instance, even my computer, even my PC return, because I made an actual physical PC return on 19 and 20, uh, I can listen to anything going on in my computer on just this track if I wanted to. Now, if I sent that out to my pal, obviously he's gonna hear himself and it's gonna create distortion. It'll probably create a really loud buzz or a hum or something like that. It'll probably kill your ears. Uh, This, I could choose not to send that and just send my microphone, or let's say my synthesizer, or let's say something over here. And then you could basically mix down your whole studio to just a sub out. So that way you're talking to the other guy on the other end. Now that's the easiest, the most simplest way to do it. You know, if you just wanted to jump right into it and just be done with it. But if you want to have like studio effects, if you want to run it through your DAW, if you want to like, you know, add different effects and stuff, then you, there's a few more processes or a few more steps that are involved. And if you want, you can check out the last task cam tutorial that i made it's actually one that i did ahead of time uh it's it tells you exactly how to set it up in your daw so that way this which is already kind of overwhelming well just imagine inside your daw it's even more overwhelming there's a lot more testing and things you have to do in order to get something to work through there uh Now, as of now, uh, Tascam claims that you can just go to your USB settings or your audio settings and choose the USB mixer in the settings as your input and your output, which would basically take all your inputs as a stereo channel. That would just be all your, you know, obviously your inputs and then your outputs would be totally separate. But as of now, as far as I know, it just for some reason doesn't function, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, check that video out if you want to find out how to do it. Uh, it's very interesting. So, uh, But basically, and I know I say that a lot, uh, because, you know, you want to think of this as as basic as you possibly can. Otherwise, it's daunting, it's very scary, and it's overwhelming. So, yeah, and especially if you know nothing about this stuff, you definitely don't want to damage a 1200R mixer, uh, which I think you can get them for like around a thousand on sale. So yeah, if you can get the, you know, the deal, which I got it for 999. It's a great deal for what you get here. It's absolutely mind blowing. So, uh, so, uh, the last one I didn't mention is PFL, which means pre-fade listen. Now I don't ever mess with this, uh, it's just something that I don't necessarily need or use. It's probably something used for more of like a live environment. Uh, far as I know, uh, it like it's kind of like, a if I'm guessing right, it's kind of like a solo button or something like that. So if you wanted to like hear a track on its own before you send it or something, I think while everything else I think still gets maybe sent out to the man, I, I don't know. I mean, even if I put it on, I don't really know exactly how or what to use it for. Uh, but I do know that if you do have PFL or AFL enabled, there is a little red led that lights up here to let you know, because some people might think their mixer's broken and all they had was a PFL or something enabled. And it was just, you know, there's a little thing that tells you right there. Cause yeah, if you do this, I don't know. You might not be able to hear what I'm saying if I do that, but, uh, yeah, so these three main controls and the top ones are pretty much your main ones for like using a DAW or something like that. Uh, and the rest of this is all just kind of for live, you know. And uh, that's kind of like the breakdown of how it all works. Now, of course, all your outputs here, you know, if you if you like messing with inputs and outputs, you can kind of figure out what all that it does on its own and, you know, make up your own story with that. Uh, but that's those are essentially like the basics of like everything on this this uh, mixer and uh if you don't know what an xlr cable looks like it's a three three pin cable that would just pop right into the top up here yeah i'm kind of covering it but it would go into one of these inputs just like that and then this one would go out to like your to like your microphone or whatever And they're typically mostly just used for microphones. Uh, Now, this mixer actually has a master out that's XLR because monitors, like stereo monitors for, like, your studio, uh, typically would have XLR on the back of them uh, for the most part of it. So if you have a good high quality... And they're typically used for... High quality audio—that's pretty much the main reason why you have, uh, why you have XLR cables. They're they're excellent for powering a microphone, powering certain things. Now, when you're using them as like a monitor or something, though, uh, you may require additional power for like a PA system or something like that. It's either self-powered or it's like a passive speaker that requires an amplifier. So that can also be an extra step into that. So, uh just keep in mind this board if you do want to use the uh the main feed or the main out here. Now, you can just use control room, the blue the blue cables there, which control room would just go into like any stereo pair of like speakers or whatever you know i wouldn't recommend it so much it just makes more sense to have a main control or a ma- or just use the headphones in a sense but uh it has xlr outs so if you have for instance speakers that have quarter inch in the back of them you'd have to get a cable that can dumb down an xlr to like a quarter quarter cable trs yeah trs uh mono quarter inch jack or whatever you call it and this is all like you know trial and error you know things that you have to just figure out for yourself uh you know don't be afraid just kind of jump into it and figure it out and you'll i'm sure you'll figure it out on your own it took me a while though so just you know keep in mind that uh Uh, you know, learning this stuff, it took me like a year and a half just to get the basics of like this Tascam mixer down. Uh, So, and that's, that's without taking any kind of like lessons or any kind of like, you know, professional advice on it. So uh, it's, it's one of those things you kind of have to like work on over time. So that's essential, especially with any kind of, uh, with any kind of, uh, what do you call them? any kind of program or any kind of like piece of hardware or any kind of instrument, uh, it's it's definitely essential to, to like figure out things, you know, slowly, you know, first. Uh, not necessary that you have to figure it out all at once. But, all right, so now we're like, we're in the mixer, okay, on FL Studios. And this is just the way I have it set up. It doesn't necessarily reflect what you got, uh, nor does it reflect what your daw might look like or whatever but um just to make sense here just ignore this pc audio one here uh this pc audio just just ignore that for now because the pc audio it's it's just being routed back to obs okay so when you are officially setting up your equipment uh whether it be your microphone which is right here is electro RE320 electro voice uh you wanna make sure that you have the correct input, okay, so if you wanna to go to i'll just maybe I'll just show you how you, how it's all set up from the beginning uh when you go into your audio preferences, hold on if you go into your audio preferences. You'll see that you have MIDI, Audio, General, blah, blah, blah. They're they're all kind of relatively the same. Uh, The device that you're looking for, because there's many of them, okay? Uh, There's direct sounds. This is like some of the inputs that I have, which is primary sound driver, speakers, which this is actually a built-on audio uh, on the actual motherboard, and I think I disabled it, though. Uh, You know, you have... It actually does have... speakers model 24 and it does show that there but it, it needs to be an asio device so you would want to come down here and you want to look for a model mixer asio that's the one i normally use uh, typically this is going to take full uh how do you say full like resource or whatever it's going to dedicate all of its resources to fl studios so typically in this manner if i were to like go on YouTube or something uh, and play like something like on YouTube, it probably won't play that audio because I'm in FL Studios right now. All my audio is now being forced through FL Studios. So uh, now what TASCAM says, and I don't know if this is 100% true, but if you look here, it shows you the 44, 44 one, you know, it's like, I don't know, 441... 44,000, uh, it shows you details here. It shows you the Hertz. It shows you the inputs, the outputs, the latency. It shows you the, uh, I don't know, some impedance plugins. Uh, so anyway, and then essentially it'll show you your milliseconds and delay or whatever, depending on what you have to set it to. Uh, typically people will use 44 there, you know, 48 it's, You you could use that too. Some people might have a problem with it, depending on whether their computer can handle it or not. Uh, But forty four, forty four hundred or forty four thousand, yeah, would be probably the one to use in most situations. And uh, you you do have the option using sixteen or twenty four bit. It's like a I don't know. It's like an additional like how much more detail you want to pick up. So 4,400 and I think 24 bit or something like that is typically like standard. That's like the highest quality. You could literally like record anything and it'll sound amazing, you know. Uh, So that's your sample rate. Uh, So what they say on Tascam on their manual is that if you have anything playing through Windows that runs the exact same sample rate, uh, audio will come through. So whether it be if you're on like iTunes or Windows Media player or YouTube, supposedly I haven't tested it, but they say that if you're running your sample rate exactly the same on any device throughout your computer or whatever, that it should also play together. Uh, In this case, I haven't tested, nor did I really I was really interested in in doing it because I actually have my uh, I actually have my PC audio coming in right here. And so anytime that I want to monitor something that's happening on my PC, because I have a direct input into my mixer on 19 and 20, I can then unmute this. And then I can like listen to anything that I want to coming through anything through my computer, because I have a built-in sound card. I have a built-in, uh, Uh, sound blaster xfi sound card which supposedly helps take a lot of the load off the cpu so hopefully it's doing some processing too and it's you know adding additional you know uh, power to whatever i'm doing here if that's true or not but essentially that's what what i do uh, and it's always good to have a live input that's monitoring that stuff too, so you can then you know mix and match and send things back to the computer. I even have an input on my sound card that then I use for sending audio back to anybody that's on my computer. It's it's just all about trying to figure out how all this stuff works, like I said. But as long as you have all this set here, it, it shows all your details here. Then you can go into your mixer uh, in FL studios, and then you can tap into anything that you want. So for instance, I'll just go to a whole new input. We'll just get away from there. All right. 19. So this is input, or I guess you could say it's track 19 in FL studios, but if I wanted to, I can make it any track on my mixer and you can even split your, uh, you can even split stereo channels into mono channels. So you have actually 24 mono channels, you know, or like I said, you have, uh, stereo channels too. So, uh, and you can actually take like three and four, which are specifically just, you know, mono channels and you can pair them into a stereo if you want. Uh, you know, it's just, it's totally up to you. So if you wanted to, you can like add another microphone or something. But these are all your inputs. Everything on here is an input. So the track or track one on the mixer, track two, three, four, five, six, all the way to twenty-four, or like I said, and uh the stereo that's actually built into your uh into your mixer, uh, I believe starts on thirteen and fourteen. So thirteen and fourteen are actually your true stereo mix. You know, but you can make your own, you know, you can make any of these into a stereo or whatever. So this is where you would select your input. And I don't know if it'll let me do this, but if I could just, I could select my my RE320 again. You, it probably sounds funny. I could just mute it though. Uh, you can see that I added, I, I added an RE, you know, the microphone there. So I added the input, input 10. So there's, there's all your inputs there. Now, you can actually send them back out too. So uh, if you choose, you can stereo these out or just have them on none because typically when it's on none, automatically, if you see where, my, where the, the cursor is, it sends everything back to the master track anyway. So, so if you kind of get the idea there. Everything's being sent out to the master track anyway, unless you want it to be on its like own dedicated out. And then, of course, I don't know. You can timestamp it and all that stuff. I don't know if I don't really use any of that, but that's just to show you how to like you know add any kind of instrument that you want. And of course, depending on like what you're doing, you also want to you know be careful that you're not double monitoring yourself uh, on any of the inputs and outputs. So, like I said, when you're running uh, when you're running everything from your mixer, make sure you're in the PC mode. So, that way you're not double monitoring live and you're monitoring in f l. studios too, so that'll just kind of add strange kind of like effects on its own if you think about it. you know it kind of sounds like you hear it to yourself or you might have a delay or something depending on your latency that you're getting from your microphone to your mixer to your computer and all that uh so that's also a key thing to kind of keep in mind, and then of course, you know. If you wanted to go even like you know deeper into like uh talking about like inputs about your uh what do you call your sound options down here uh you can then further go into even more options so if I drag this up, I know you can see the o b s there but uh if you drag this up then you have full control over like every sound option on your computer, if this is big enough. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, you can see all your playback devices. You can see, let me see here. Model 24, all right. And then you can then go into, you know, the properties of it and stuff. You can check the levels. You can check, you know, your quality. Your 20- Right now, I guess the actual mixer is running at 4800 hertz, 24-bit. So that could be one of the reasons why maybe certain audio doesn't show up properly because maybe it's not set specifically to FL Studios. But uh, FL Studios has, like, its own configuration, so... All right, so uh, let's see. There was a little bit of a hiccup there. But uh, anyway, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll wrap this up here. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to show you all these different things in the video and also audio format. So uh, if there's any other details you want to know about, just uh, leave a comment or something, and uh, we'll see if we'll go that direction and stuff. But that's the overview over the uh, Tascam Model 24. And like I said, it's it's got a lot a whole lot, you know, a lot of features to be honest. Lots and lots of things to discover and lots of things to, you know, take in and stuff. And it, it could be a lot to handle, so uh, if it fits your, you know, whatever you're looking for, then, uh, like I said, I definitely highly recommend this product. So without that, uh, we'll just, uh, leave you out with the, um, uh, I don't know, we'll play you out and, uh, we'll, uh, see you next time on live in space.